When you're putting yourself forward for work, it can be difficult to know what to put on your CV or your resume. And so that's what, exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode. We're going to talk about some of the things that you should be considering to put on your CV, what's worth it as a video editor, and we're going to take a look at mine. So you can see an actual example of someone who's been in the industry for 15 years and also someone who has looked at many, many, many CVs of other editors and sort of consolidated everything, all those ideas into one example. So let's get on. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the video editing podcast from Unsplice. Yes, it is me, your host, Shiny, the uh, lead trainer at Unsplice. And I want to welcome you to this podcast. Thank you very much for joining me yet again. If you're new here, welcome. Really good to have you. And don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Also, if you're listening to this on your podcast app of choice, I'd love for you to leave a review, whether you are new or you are coming back for the nearly hundredth time, then please make sure you um, leave a review because that's how we can make sure other editors discover this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This episode is based on a request in one of the YouTube comments. So this is my response. They wanted to know exactly how we should be formatting a CV or a resume as a video editor. And so if you have any suggestions about things that you'd like to hear about, don't forget to head to YouTube and write in the comments what it is that you'd like to hear on the podcast. So before we get on with this, I just want to mention very quickly that whether you are a brand new editor, you're new to editing and you've only been exploring the software or whether you've been cutting for six plus years, if you ever find yourself watching back an edit and you know it can be better, but you're just not sure how, then you are most likely stuck in the perpetual practice loop. And without an input in that loop, then you won't actually improve. You'll just be practicing the same thing over and over again. You need a quality input to practice. And a quality input could be a book, it could be a coach, or it could be a mentor. And so making sure you find the highest quality input is going to determine just the quality of your edit. If you would like any mentorship or guidance, and that happens within Unsplice Pro, the only online community mentorship program for video editors. It'll help you get unstuck, help you get a roadmap for you to understand exactly where to go from where you are, regardless of how long you've been editing. If you wanna get better, you need to know where your flaws are so that you can improve them. And you can only do that through mentorship and get exact feedback on your edits to see exactly the things that you are lacking in your edits. That way you know exactly what to work on. And in Unspice Pro, you'll find training 
that's aimed specifically at those particular things that you need to work on. So you only need to watch what it is that you are lacking. So head to unspice.com forward slash pro. You can get seven days free trial of Unspice Pro if you head to unspice.com forward slash pro, sign up and you'll get the first seven days free so you can give it a test run. See if you like it, you've got nothing to lose and a whole load of knowledge to gain. So let's get on to resumes and CVs. I'm going to share with you, for those of you who are watching on video, I'm gonna be sharing with you my CV and I'm gonna be talking about it as we go over it. Now, of course, if you're listening on audio, don't worry, it's still gonna be completely relevant. You don't have to go and watch the video, but of course it is recommended because you get to see my face. So what's there to lose really? So let's go and head over to my CV. And the first thing you may notice, or you may think that CVs need to be flashy or stand out, be brash. And really there is a, there is a fine line between being bold and being legible and, and understandable. If you are an employer who's going through a ton of CVs, yes, you are going to stop and look at the one that stands out the most. But there is, it can, it can be really, really difficult if you do too much with the design to be legible and understandable at a glance. And really that is exactly what we want. We want this to be as easy to read as possible, as quickly as possible, because you would assume that anybody looking at your CV is gonna be giving it a few seconds, 15 seconds, probably something like that. So you wanna have everything detailed, really, really easy to find. So the way I've achieved that with my CV is putting all the main information right up top. Name, big. The biggest thing you'll see on there is my name, Shiny. And then you've got contact details linked to the portfolio because ultimately that's where we want them to go. We want them to be able to see our work and contact us. So as they're flicking through the CVs and they go, oh, actually, I remember that one CV. Um, what was the name? Oh, Shiny, that's right. Let's go back and find theirs. It's at the top. They don't have to scan a whole page of text that's exactly the same size in order to find the name and the contact details are there. Easy to find, done. Underneath that is kind of a one sentence idea, thought about me. And it just says collaborative senior editor, director, leader, and awesome bloke. What I've tried to do here is obviously communicate my skills and the value I can bring to the production, but also a bit of humor. And humor goes a long way when it comes to CVs because they can be a bit monotonous and a bit boring. And so if you can differentiate yours in any way possible with a bit of humor, just three words I've done that, and um, it separates you a little bit from the others. Now, if you know me, I'm a bit, bit self-referential, a bit self-deprecating, but also um, 
uh, I might humble brag a little bit as a joke. Now, this communicates my personality quite well just with that one line. And you immediately get an idea that this person is probably not boring to work with. Um, and the idea is just to get a smile out of whoever is reading it. Now, underneath that, I have some bullet points. And rather than having a paragraph about yourself, because that's kind of typical, make it bullet points, make it easy to read and very quick to scan. And so I have four bullet points. First one is dependable artist with 15 years in the profession. I've hit two points there in a few words because it's really difficult to find dependable editors. And 15 years is a number, really. It's just something that shows you how long you've been doing it for. And a dependable artist really is the key information here uh, because those are really hard to find. And then underneath the second bullet, it says master, stor master storyteller, specialized in cutting documentaries, commercials, editorial trailers, teasers, and branded content. Has that rare magic touch for comedic editing. Because I understand that the client I'm sending this to, I could customize this for every single person this goes to. So this is more of like my generic coverall that goes to everyone. And sometimes I do change these bullets up the, up the top depending on who it's going to and what the job is for. But very quickly, they can see that I'm comfortable with docs, commercials, editorial trailers, teasers, and branded content. Sometimes a job might involve more than one of these things. And so having them all listed there helps the client just feel more, uh, they will trust you more, they feel more comfortable. And that's ultimately what you're trying to do when you're trying to sell yourself with a CV. You want to make the, the, the client feel comfortable. And that should be dialed in to what the company creates. So if the company creates commercials, then make sure you tailor it to big up your commercials side. Um, if they work on documentaries, then make sure you big up the fact that you love documentaries, maybe even the type of documentaries that you work on. Now, you'll notice on the third bullet point, it says thought leading video editor, tra video editing trainer and founder of Unsplice. Uh, you already know this, but the client may not. And having this ability to show some authority uh, helps put the client at ease. Again, we're just trying to build trust. Anything that can make them feel like, okay, this person can handle this, whatever this is. That's something that you really want to put at the top of your CV. And that's why it's sometimes worth tailoring that CV. And then the final bullet point says collaborative, trustworthy, and great with all kinds of clients. Because really is that really is one piece of feedback that I consistently get from clients, and that is why they keep coming back, is because they enjoy working with me. They enjoy collaborating with me, and they trust me. They find me very trustworthy. That's what keeps the clients shouting and raving about me to their friends, what keeps them coming back. 
because it's such an incredibly valuable trait. And you've heard me say this a thousand times, probably that for a client, trust is more valuable than money. So if you can trade trust, this is where you want to do that. It's not about bigging yourself up. It's not about saying, look at all these things that I've edited. It's about showing, hey, you can trust me with this project. I've got this. I'm going to do a great job. Now, of course, the fact that you do have lots of editing credits is going to help, especially if those credits are specifically around the project that you're putting yourself forward for. But that is only to build trust. You're only sharing those credits to build trust. So that is how you should be thinking about it as you build your CV. And so if you've worked on some stuff that doesn't feel relevant, then don't put it on there. If you don't think that it's something worth putting on there, it's better to have four things that you're super proud of are, uh, that really show the client that you are trustworthy and can handle it than a few small things that you did in high school um, that don't really have any relevance to today because you were going to get an, an A regardless. Don't include those. Nobody's really interested. And then underneath that, you'll notice that I only have editing credits. So I don't have, and, and it, I did have two pages, so a double-sided, back in the physical days when I would hand over a PDF, a, a, you know, a print-off of my CV. It would be double-sided. On the front would be all my credits. On the back would be qualifications, education, software skills, things like that. Now I've just, I've realized the more clients I speak to, they're not really interested in that stuff. So it's now got down to one page, which I highly recommend. Try to keep everything on one page, um, especially in digital format. Two pages, it, it can feel a little bulky. If you attach it to an email and it's two pages or more, then you just get the symbol and they have to download it to their computer before they can look at it. However, it's a one-page PDF, then it shows up in their email embedded and they don't have to open anything, and it's just a more easier, enjoyable experience as a client. Um, and so try and keep it all on one page. I do have quite a lot of credits. I mean, I've been doing this for a while. Obviously, this is not all of my credits. I've chosen the best ones that communicate my, my strengths within certain categories. So I've broken down my editing credits into categories and they are feature, documentary, commercials, digital online, fashion, branded content, music, comedy, and children's. Every client who is working on one of those specific things will want to know that you have cut something similar in the past. And so even though I might have only one credit in the children's section, somebody who wants to cut a documentary dealing with matters that relate to kids will feel more safe in the knowledge that I've worked on kids' films, on films designed 
for kids or involving kids uh, than if I didn't. They feel so much more comfortable. And so you'll notice that across everything, my features, I have one, two credits. Well, one is a full length feature and the other is a short. And even though there's not a huge amount of feature length credits there, they are there. And what that communicates to the client, even if it's not a feature project, it communicates that this editor can handle large projects, long projects and big scale projects and can understand the workflow and the processes um, surrounding that. And that's gonna put them at ease if they want me to work on something that's 30 minutes long or 60 minutes long. I had a client reach out to me end of last year who wanted to cut a TV hour, so roughly 45 minutes, for a documentary. And they noticed that I only had, let's count them, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six hour length, hour long TV shows credits. And they had another editor who had only hour long TV credits. And so that really brought to light just how important it was for me to communicate duration of the projects that I work on. Uh, so if you are working in documentaries uh, or if you're working on branded content as well, it is worthwhile including the duration of the films that you cut because cutting a 30 second commercial is a different ball game to cutting an eight minute piece of branded content or even a five minute piece of branded content for that matter. Uh, so I do think it's worthwhile as you list your credits, putting the duration of each film. I've included the client. I've also included the name of the project. So it could be if it's part of a series, it would be the name of the series, the name of the episode, the duration of the film and the client. And I've also put the country because I've built up credits across the UK and the USA. Uh, and so it was important for US clients to know that I have worked in the USA before uh, so that they feel comfortable and they can trust that I understand the US way of working uh, and the nuances there. And of course, all the other workflow um, issues that might come up working from the UK and then being in the USA. That's all handled and in safe hands, not a problem. I have also broken down my documentaries. Now, if you're just starting out, you might not obviously need to do this. Uh, but if you've been cutting documentaries for a few years and you work on broadcast uh, as well as online, so documentaries that go on TV, as well as documentaries that just live up online on CNN, ESPN, um, Vice, BBC, they all have online you know, platforms. And we're not talking about streaming here. Streaming is technically broadcast. They, the clients want to know that you've worked in broadcast. So if you're going forward for a broadcast job, 
they want to know you've got a lot of experience in broadcast because there are some small differences in a broadcast workflow that includes perhaps adding ad breaks, having a slate at the beginning, which is just some text, um, the color safety, strobing, very, very small things that for some reason broadcast clients think mean a world of difference. They really don't. And it's really frustrating as an editor when somebody says, you don't have broadcast experience. And the only difference is you just need to add in some ad breaks. Great storytelling will, you'll naturally add in those pauses anyway. Uh, so it was, it's kind of frustrating from an editor's perspective, but from a client's perspective, remember this is only for the client. Um, it's useful to break down broadcast and online. And so this is what I think are the most important things to have on your CV and your resume. Is it important to have your education on there? Now listen, if you're just starting out, then you might be pretty shy on credits. You might not have many credits to your name. That's understandable. Anybody who receives your CV is going to expect that. Mine's obviously full because I've been doing this for a while. Um, but if somebody is asking for a junior editor, then of course they're not going to expect you to have a big CV. So don't think that that's, you know, don't feel shy or ashamed that you don't have many credits. Who cares? That's the whole point. That's why you are being put forward for this job. You might want to include skills in that case. Um, I did have, and I will sometimes have clients asking me, do I cut in Premiere? Do I cut in Avid? Generally, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for me. You know, if they say, do you work in Avid? I'll say yes. Do you work in Premiere? I'll say yes. Even though I'm pretty rusty in Avid, I'm better in Premiere. I'll say yes, and then I'll just pick it up very quickly before the job starts. Because I don't want them to, you know, prioritize another editor over the fact that they might be slightly better in a piece of software, but not as good an editor. Because the reality is the project, the finished product will be better because the editor is better at storytelling rather than they just know how to use some buttons differently. So I've left it off of my CV uh, because the clients that I'm dealing with Generally, it'll be a question during the onboarding phase to use Premiere or Avid, um, and then we just tackle that then. However, you may want to add that to your CV. Proficiency level in software. And this is something I used to have. I would have the name of the software, proficiency level, expert, very good, good learning, something like that. And then all the softwares that you use, whether that's Premiere, After Effects, DaVinci Resolve, um, Photoshop, Illustrator, Final Cut Pro, whatever it is that you cut in, list them all. List them all because who knows when a client comes to you and would really love someone who just understands a little bit about DaVinci Resolve. They're going to be cutting in Premiere, but needs to understand a little bit about DaVinci Resolve just so they can do with some color or bring in something that another editor has done or needs to work with an After Effects project that the graphics artist has done and pull that into the project. Having that knowledge that that editor can just do that 
is going to be useful from a client's perspective. So I do think that is something that you should put on. Should you have your education level? That's up to you. I think if you are just starting out or if you're going for an assistant editor's position and you've got a degree, throw it in there. Uh, why not? It looks good and it just shows that you have, uh, you know, you've got a higher education and you can handle the kind of tasks or the mental tasks that might come your way as an assistant editor. Is it relevant beyond that? I don't think so. And nobody's really looking at those to determine whether you're a good enough fit. And I'm sorry if you spent three or four years at university or college learning something, whether it was relevant to filmmaking or completely irrelevant, and now you just realize that actually it holds no weight. Don't worry, I did the same. We're all in the same boat here, and I'm an advocate of learning editing through experience, through mentorship, through guidance, uh, because there really is no faster or better way to learn an art, and video editing is an art, just like woodwork, metalwork, all these things need to be shown from person to person so you can see exactly where you're making a mistake and tell you how to improve that one specific flaw. And no one course can teach you that. So hopefully that has covered some of your thoughts, some of what you might be worried or thinking about when it comes to CVs and resumes. I hope that you were able to take a little bit of knowledge away from seeing this example. Like I said, mine is very simple. It's The idea is legibility above everything else. Um, and so it's two columns and it's simple and it's a legible font uh, that is nothing too fancy. And I do think that is the way it's been for so long for good reason. Uh, yes, you could use Canva to design something that looks a bit sexier. Um, and if I were you, I would try them out. And if you're applying to loads of jobs, do a little test. Send 50% with the plain CV and then 50% with the fancy CV and see if you get a better response from one or the other. Um, it may work either way. But at my CV obviously relates to my tastes, and your tastes may differ. If you have any questions about any of this, then please, if you are watching this on YouTube, in the comments, post your questions, and I'll get to answering those. And if you have any questions and you're listening on the podcast, then head to YouTube. You'll find this and then comment below. Alternatively, head to unspliced.com forward slash pro. Inside the mentorship community, you can get access to tons of information regarding CVs and preparing your freelance career, whether that's freelance or full-time if you're applying for full-time positions. And also you get weekly mentoring sessions with me. You can ask absolutely anything at all that you like. And the community will be there as well to help you as you get stuck. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and I will speak to you next week. Thanks. Take care. Bye.